please exhale. And now let's begin. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. If you're interested in exploring holistic wellness topics through a perspective that blends spirituality with science, I think you've found the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's figure out this life thing together. Always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Welcome back to the Science of Light. After I took another accidental two weeks off of podcasting, if you've been around for a while, you know that mom life, it happens sometimes. I had planned to put this episode out over a week ago with actually one solo episode in between, but it didn't happen. There was the holidays and I was going to do things, but we had snow days and sick children and um, yeah, so I just got behind. And, but anyway, this is the first episode... I'm here now, and I'm actually planning to catch up. I'm going to put episodes out faster, listen to them at your own pace, um, give you some stuff to go back and listen to because I'm starting to get a little more realistic with myself and realize that when I take maternity leave in approximately, you know, six to eight weeks from now, early March, I may not have gotten as ahead of myself with creating episodes for this podcast as I would have liked to. Because part of that time that I was going to use for that has already been eaten up with snow days and sick days. And we have calls for more snow here in western North Carolina. Um, Yeah, just things are unpredictable. It's my best intention to have episodes coming out consistently. But they may not. But that's why you have my other podcast, my membership. Um, The membership is really going to be the way. It's kind of like Patreon, but I don't use Patreon. I have my own website hosting platform, so it's just through my website. You can sign up there under the offerings tab. You can find it. Uh, Actually, the price goes up this Friday. So if you sign up before Friday, you'll be locked into the extremely cheap founder's price for life. You can choose a monthly or yearly option. You can see all the details of that. The link will be in the show notes, but you can also just go to yogiscopes.com slash store um, and see the details. If you go after noon Eastern time this Friday, the price will be increasing, not by a whole lot, just a you know couple dollars monthly, but um, then you will also be subject to price changes if I ever decide to do them. Anyway, this is the first episode in what I intend to be a Venus retrograde series. You don't have to know or care about astrology to get value out of this series. Basically, Venus is retrograde right now, and what that means is we might be experiencing some issues in relationships, some rethinking of relationships, women's issues, um, creativity, luxury, all those kind of things. So I'm going to have several different episodes over the course of January aimed at addressing all of these different kinds of issues from women's issues, um, you know, like things like cycle tracking, using the moon cycle, uh, women's health, menstruation, holistic health, uh, reproductive rights and abortion. That's actually the topic of one of the main topics of this episode, but we'll cover some other things, what it's like to be a woman in the wellness sphere. And never fear if you are not identifying as a woman. I think this content will still be extremely valuable for you. And um, you can also find me, if you're not digging in it for whatever reason, because these are some special, like kind of specialized topics. And this is the case anytime I'm doing a specialized topic that maybe doesn't resonate with you and you want to connect with me further. I am starting to use, there's this app called Wisdom and it's kind of like Clubhouse, but for, um, it's specialized towards like 
holistic health type topics. And so I have a profile over on there. I actually did a talk on there that I meant to, was supposed to be the solo episode um, that I did in between the the last episode, the Kappa season episode and this one. And I just did it over there because it's a lot less clunky for me to just go on there and do a live talk than to have to edit it, do show notes, all of that stuff that goes into a podcast. So you can go and hear that episode over there. It's still up. I will put a link to my wisdom profile in the show notes. That's actually also a good way you'll find me when I do take a maternity leave if the sort of membership option doesn't feel right for you also. Just follow me over on that app or do both. So with all that said, I'm glad you're here. We'll jump into the interview with Kelsey and I just want to highlight. So there's a couple of times around the 40 minute mark that her audio kind of does something weird. Just bear with me through it. I, there was no way I could fix it. I think it was like a, we recorded the interview remotely and I think it was like a tech issue and there's no way for me to really go back and fix it because it's her voice. If it happens with my voice, I can just try to re-record it. But I don't think you miss any important content at all. Just know that the whole interview didn't get wrecked because of it. All the good content is still there. And so she talks about a lot of good stuff. Um, being a you know psychology major, then studying social work and the kind of gaps that she saw in the field and her passion from her own life experience and then her career experience at trying to address those issues for other folks. I think this is really valuable information, whether or not the women's issues part is specific to you or not, because I think you can take kind of her experience and her way of looking at things and apply it to whatever you are really passionate about and just build it. And she has a lot of valuable insight to offer related to that. So without further ado, I'm very glad you're here. And stay tuned until the end. She does talk about a support group she has coming up in February for folks that have experienced abortion and just need support around that and the gaps in the field she saw related to that and why she created it and what it's going to be like. So the more details will be um, on that at the end. So with that said, let's jump right in. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to another episode of The Science of Light. I am Rosemary Holbrook, and today I'm joined by Kelsey Reap, owner of Aligned Counseling. So Kelsey started her own practice. She is local here in Asheville, North Carolina. Hi, Kelsey. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about your background, your story, um, maybe as it relates to your counseling practice or just in general? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I would think a good place to start is just, I'm going to start with my education and explain that later. It'll make sense. Um, so, well, I grew up in Hickory. When I went to school for undergrad, I wanted to study um, psychology. So I got my bachelor's degree in psychology, thought that was going to be my life plan. I was going to continue and get my master's in psychology. During that time with internships, um, 
a mentor and my old supervisor had me consider social work um, for master's instead of continuing on with psychology. So I took a gap year and I remember feeling like my whole life plan is ruined. Now I'm thinking about social work. What is social work? So did the research and figured out that it would complement um, psychology in a good way. So very similar, um, but also there's some differences. Um, with psychology, it's a lot about the study of human behavior, genetics. I like to think of it um, as nature, um, like nature versus nurture. With mm. social work, there's a little... In my program anyway, there wasn't tons of clinical um, coursework, but there was um, the ability to develop insight about that nurture component. So the systems, society, um, um, systems in terms of like government, family, just culture. Um, So being able to blend those two things together, I was like, oh, this is a win-win. I can use both of those, um, like still draw from what I learned in undergrad in psychology and do therapy. So did that, finished my master's degree, um, jumped into working. I worked in community mental health, um, which has a fair share of challenges. Um, I specialized in substance use in school So when I was doing psychology and social work as my master's, that was my focus. Um, I interned in substance use, and I thought that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. I worked in the field in community mental health with um, primarily substance use for three years and became really burnt out. Mm -hmm. And also, it was right... I was in the midst of my Saturn return (laughs) pandemic happened. I mean, (laughs) it was like all everything just, it seemed fell apart. Um, I had a very big crisis because I had, my identity was so connected to my education. That Mm -hmm. is how I, found value in myself. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what I put my, essentially my heart and soul into for so many years. And I remember thinking when I was working in that job, if I have to do this for the rest of my life, I'm going to be miserable. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Um, And so the pandemic helped me in a way, with that, kind of come back. So I ended up leaving um, therapy. So I was so burnt out. I was having um, lots of anxiety. It was very physical for me, somatic symptoms. Mm -hmm. Um, I was not enjoying life at all. Um, So I walked away and thought, what if I, like, I'm not doing therapy. I did the wrong thing. I can't do this. It's not for me. I have to figure something else out. So I started nannying because that was a big need 
when schools closed down. So it worked out. And that job was really rewarding. I had nannied in um, undergrad too. So got into that. It was great. I loved it. Then after about coming up on a year of that, I was thinking, doing my own work through what am I, what's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? What am I going to do? Here I am approaching 30 and I don't know what I'm doing. Um, And so then I came up with the idea of, well, maybe I can do therapy. It, it wasn't that I hated therapy. I was just not in the right field of it. And also I can, since I nannying is so rewarding for me, I could do that too. And maybe that would be a good balance and I wouldn't get burnt out. And I would have the ability to help clients in a way that, um, coming from a different spot than substance use. Um, so I shifted my focus and ultimately, um, shifted to working with women. Um, so part of that was through my own journey and what I came up against in society, essentially in Western medicine, in, Mm -hmm. um, even the field of, I know there's a lot of, I don't want to say there's a lot of complaints about, you know, what women experience in the medical world. Um, and I would venture to say, could be an unpopular opinion, that that also exists in counseling as well. A lot of our theorists are males, and I don't necessarily yeah. feel like... Um, Go ahead and say it. I mean, <laughs> I have very minimal experience with psychology compared to you. Like, I've just taken a couple undergrad courses um, in the field and in the background of psychology and mental health. And I do know that mental health in general is super rooted in like, you know, like wandering womb syndrome or whatever. Like they used to say, like they were just crazy because their uterus was up and walking around or something crazy like that. I don't, yeah, I think, I think that's a fair, uh, assessment of the origins of the field. Right. And I think that was kind of hard for me, too, because so in that time um, of me being very unhappy and having physical symptoms, I was going to um, an herbalist, acupuncture, receiving my Mm -hmm. own therapy and also going to Western medicine as well. Mm -hmm. Everything was normal. (laughs) And um, part of that I'm seeing there was some truth in that. It was um, more like psychosomatic stuff that I was experiencing. Which is real, though. I mean, it's a real experience. Just because it doesn't show up on labs and stuff doesn't mean it's not something real that you're experiencing. Right. And so me knowing the other side of that, it was really hard talking to doctors because there wasn't It was the message that was received. I don't know if it was intended or intentional. What I received was, you're fine. Everything's okay. Yeah. And then the end, there wasn't a talk of maybe it could be this, maybe. And so luckily I had 
you know, the resources um, to reach out to other, you know, modalities and things um, to work through that. And so I think part of that was really frustrating because I I almost felt like I felt like I was crazy. And I don't necessarily like love to use that word, but that's what it felt like. And then in exploring that, I did realize that it seemed like I was pushing that on all the doctors, but I was receiving the same thing in therapy of, um, I wasn't feeling heard of like, Mm. or acknowledgement of the phases that women go through. Um, part of, I think on one of my therapist profiles, something that really stuck out to me was, um, trying to figure out who you are. That's a lot. So many people come to therapy with that. And I think for women, it's really important to figure out, to unlearn what you're not, Mm. because you've been society. We're basically told what we're supposed to be. Um, I think to a higher degree than our male counterparts, um, our expectations and roles, um, we're told that, and there's also a lot more judgment of if we are or we're not or whatever. And so I feel like that anger was like coming back around kind of towards me into the field of therapy um, and not being able to, not having anyone even consider, you know, about like first consider the experience as a woman and identity and all that and starting there, it was just the same um, theories, which are, I don't want to like say they're not important. They're, they're great. But I think there's just that missing piece of the extra layer of the experience of women. Um, So I, that's what I do now. I also specialize to um, with abortion. Um, I, I had in my experience, I have had an abortion and through that great support system, I also noticed a lot of missing pieces, um, from that. And there's not a lot of guidance. So there's, you can find support for women's issues is typically what it's under and that's a mm-hmm. lot of focus on miscarriage, um, postpartum, right. um, depression, all real, all important. Um, we need people who specialize in that. I wasn't finding a lot of support when it came to abortion, um, even in counseling world. So that yeah. is another area that I focus on um, to work with women who are who have or who might be going through that. Um, and so another missing piece that I found. So there's a lot of missing pieces um, yeah. even in the world, in this counseling world that, you know, I very much, and I still respect, but I had held at such high regard. And so it's really hard to start noticing like, oh, this is a little off. Like, um, and going through the process of getting down about it and then being empowered and being like, well, this is what I'm going to attempt to do to fill the gap. 
I love that. It sounds like you're doing a really soul-led thing to, like, I noticed that a couple times in that story you touched on, like, identity, like identity as a therapist, I working through that and the problems with that and how much you resonated with it. Same with identity as a woman and working through the challenges that come with that, too. Um, and then you mentioned your Saturn return. I think that's a huge characteristic of the Saturn return is, like, kind of coming to grips with identity and, like, who am I meant to be in this lifetime? Um, so yeah. And then like just filling all these, I think that's huge. I think that's like, that's the goal in life, right? To feel like you're doing something that matters to the world and personally to you. I think that's like, that's awesome. Um, so can you say a little bit more about what the journey has been like, um, kind of starting your own practice and what that's been like? Oh, it has been all the things. Um, sometimes I feel like it depends on the day, the response you're going to get from me, <laughs> um, which I think yeah. is what I'm learning is common when you're starting um, a business. I was going to say private practice, but business in general. So it's um, been a long time coming. So <laughs> I yeah. think COVID made it possible. So that's something that, you know, one of those bright sides of COVID. I don't know if I would have ever considered this had it not happened. Um, also, there's challenges with COVID. It's hard to network. Um, and all the things, you know, in the counseling world, it's you kind of can have... Um, like a consult group where you all meet and get together mm. to support each other. Also, that's good for networking. Um, yeah. That's been really challenging. I also, I'm not business minded in the least. And so yeah. that's been really challenging. I made <clears throat> my website by myself. I am not I'm not a website designer. I don't know. Yeah. It took a very long time. Um, and so that was the biggest hurdle. And then there was like branding and colors, color. I mean, all the headaches of that and all the time put yeah. into it. And it is um, very much an energetic investment because while that this whole process, you're not getting paid for it. So you're right. putting in tons of hours, yeah. tons of work. Um, the reward you're not, is not there. <laughs> and right. then yeah. getting up and going has definitely, um, I would say it's been slow, but steady. Mm -hmm. um, the community in Asheville of therapists um, has been really great. Um, I also have a lot of fantastic friends who are in business who have been nice. helping. Um, but yeah, so that's a journey right now. Um, telehealth is making it more, you know, accessible, accessible for people. Right. Um, we're kind of all waiting of when it, that's going to be cut out. Um, because if 
you know, it might not be, it keeps getting approved, but no one really knows, like, is that going to go away? Oh, that's stressful. And then that will shift. Then it'll have to be physically looking for an office space and all that fun stuff. And so um, when we, I'm like, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. (laughs) Um, Some days I um, feel really hopeful and excited and love um, the, you know, have a lot of energy. And even though I might not have tons of, you know, a full day of clients, um, other days I'm, what more can I do? What other ways, um, can I market and be creative? Right. Um, so it really is a roller coaster. I don't want to say yeah. it's smooth sailing. <laughs> yeah. But I just wanted to bring that up because I think it's important because I think a lot of folks have something that they're like passionate about, see a need for in the world. And then I think there are people that start online businesses and they're like, that's what somebody said. I heard somebody say this, that online courses are like the new pyramid schemes. And I see that being a thing. Like, like there are people that start online businesses and they're super business savvy, but they're not very soul led. And then there are people that start online businesses and they're pretty soul led and they might or might not have any business smarts. But regardless, I think when you have something that's like super from the heart, like it's going to work out, but no matter what, it's hard starting Mm -hmm. a business and kind of making your own way. It's like, it's never easy. We see the highlight reels of people's like successes, but we don't see the hard days and the like stuff. So I I just, that's why I wanted to point that out. Um, Yeah. And that's definitely, um, well, I listen to lots of podcasts and, you know, there's the, a lot of people, um, are focusing on, um, manifesting, which I'm a fan of, but also it's hard and it's not just do this and this happens. And sometimes I think that's the message, um, that's out there. And I also have to note too, cause I've listened to so many podcasts and it, this is what comes up for me. And so I've always been like, when you talk about it, make sure you note this. I have to recognize that like I up and quit my job, took on another position, pay cut, but that I also come very privileged in that because I Mm -hmm. was, I was living with a partner and we got married um, during the pandemic. And so I have to note that I couldn't have done this and survived and lived in Asheville if I didn't have that, um, backup or, you know, safety net essentially. So I would listen to podcasts prior to this and I'm like, I can't just stop and quit my job. Like why, why is there not the note of this safety net and privilege? And so I want to throw that out there. I, I think that's important to acknowledge too, for sure. yeah, Yeah. I did have a safety net. So, yeah. Um, so you also mentioned like, so how some days are like different than others for you in terms of running a business. Do you, I noticed one of the things you focus on in your practice is like women's wellness and how we go through as women, how we go through cycles, um, maybe related to energy levels could be related to the menstrual cycle, other things like that. Could you say, speak a little more on if that affects like 
how you approach your business, how you approach your life or how you implement that in your practice? Yeah. So I'll just speak to that personally. I know. Um, so I started tracking my menstrual cycle, um, cycles. There's, I started doing, uh, the book that I used to gather my knowledge and wisdom was, um, Woman Code by Alyssa Vitti. I don't know if you're familiar with her. I'm not, um, but I like books, so. Yeah, and she down. has <laughs> another book called In the Flow, which I haven't gotten into yet. But she basically um, explains your cycle and also in what ways it changes um, every week. I mean, every yeah. every week and then every four weeks it starts over. And mm-hmm. so that was um, learning that was also frustrating for me because it's like I knew nothing. We're not tall. We're we know the menstrual phase. Like we know when we're menstruating mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. But all the other um, phases of that are important too. So for me, um, the week before I menstruate is I'm always feeling so down that week. Um, yeah. And now that I've tracked it, I, you know, have my coping skills to get through it. I'm a little um, more pessimistic for sure. I don't need to make plans. I need to stay at home. Um, And I have to remind myself that because I can make plans in a different phase for that week. And I'm at that moment, I'm really excited. And then when it comes, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do anything. So learning that... um, that's the biggest thing that I notice. That's my most challenging week to get through. Um, but knowing that has made it easier to get through. Um, the book will explain what's going on, which makes sense. Um, and some things that might possibly happen during each phase, but I always encourage people to start tracking it for themselves Mm -hmm. Because also it could be very different. I mean, maybe someone feels really energetic that week and it doesn't follow the book. But just knowing your own cycle and being able to um, be easy on yourself. And, you know, there's still a lot that can be done in the weeks that you take it easy. Um, And that's been hard to learn, you know, a our society yeah. values working, 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 working. Yeah. And trying to fit into that can be hard. Well, that comes kind of back to this. I hate to be so like, like, I don't want to sound like I'm being all like down with the patriarchy or whatever, <laughs> but, um, cause I, but I just think it's important to acknowledge like that our society was like, women didn't have a voice until, you know, like our mom's generation really, like mm-hmm. it wasn't that long ago. And before that, everything was just kind of dominated and like made up and thought of by men. And it's just, I think it's important to acknowledge right or wrong, whatever, it doesn't matter that men are more governed by, you know, you can look at it two ways. You can look at it like biologically, like testosterone cycles, it goes up in the morning and down at night. So they're like literally like the sun cycle, like every Mm -hmm. day they're like, their energy comes up for the day and then it goes down at night and that works. So like work hard every day, testosterone, sun cycle, like that's what our society is based around. And then for women, it's like, we might have our, our energy cycles wax and wane like the moon. And, um, 
I've actually found when I, so I'm pregnant now, but when I was between pregnancies, I, I didn't actually learn about tracking my menstrual cycle until I was trying to get pregnant is when I first ever learned about it. And so it's like, I agree with you that I wish I'd known about it sooner. It would have helped my life in a lot of ways. Um, but when I started learning about it and, you know, I do astrology, so I was tracking it with like the sign of the moon. And mm -hmm. I learned that when the moon would transit, my natal moon is actually like when I would start my period every month, which was wild to me. But it just like, you know, I find also for me that my energy level waxes and wanes like the moon, which takes a month rather than a day. Mm -hmm. um, and so some weeks I might be really high energy. Some weeks I might be feeling more creative. Some weeks I might be feeling more um, low energy, needing to restore. And it's by the week rather than by morning to evening. Like I right. think it is for, you know. It is interesting too, because I feel like a lot of us, we force ourselves into this, like our static schedules, mm -hmm. which again, um, based off of men and their experience. And, you know, it's important to know that every week we're going through something else. And, and this is our entire lives <laughs> that we're yeah. trying to, you know, I think it's, it's been, it's not just that one week when we're menstruating. And so being right. able, that was, and that was, um, so I came into, when I started tracking my cycle, it was um, essentially to not get pregnant. So, right. so opposite of yours, but it's yeah. like, there's so much information that I wish I would have known throughout my life to be able yeah. to um, figure this out. And it's not just centered around this one week. Um, right. and then also when you're not trying to get pregnant or you are trying to get pregnant, that opens up a second week, but the other two weeks are also important as well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's, it's awesome that you found it for that because I spent from the time I was like 17 or 18 until I had my first, I actually was on birth control, like the pill still when I got pregnant with my first child, um, which is an interesting long separate story. But, um, so I was on birth control, like hormonal birth control for like seven or eight years. And I just, now that I'm like, I'm like, I don't ever want to go back to that, you know? And I, but I didn't know anything else. Like, kind of like you were saying with like the medical industry, they're just like, here are your options. They mm -hmm. all suck. You know, right. but I didn't learn about, uh, so I think they call it like the fertility awareness method mm -hmm. or something. So, so that's like, so you can track, you know, either trying to get pregnant or trying not to get pregnant, but then we have all these added benefits of it, um, of cycle tracking, of knowing where our energy levels lie, where our strengths may be, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really important to note that, um, it's very, um, individualized. So, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to come across as no one should be taking birth control. Like right. if your priority in that is not to get pregnant and that's what works for you, then by all means, um, it was getting to the point with me and 
birth control and non-hormonal birth control that um, the costs were outweighing the benefits of to continue. It was affecting my life and my ability to function. And so that's why I um, had to figure all this stuff out and, um, you know, take a hard look at what is my um, primary priority? Do I want to Mm -hmm. be able to function and be, I mean, essentially happy, be able to like get up and have energy and not be miserable, essentially. Um, So I always like to throw that out there. I don't want to come across as like preaching that, you know, (laughs) don't take birth control. But also I wanted, before I forget, when it comes to the cycles, I, that is not um, in the field of social work and psychology. There's right. not even a whole lot of education around that. And so, of course, there are um, symptoms of anxiety, depression, um, whatever might come up. And I think it's so important that we consider the cycle when, you know, working with that with women instead of just Mm -hmm. diagnosing across the board, because if you can learn to work with cycles, I ask all my clients um, at intake about their cycle and, you know, is it typical? Um, Explain that to me because a lot of times it is typical for them, but there could be, it could be off. Um, And so I really use that to guide even, you know, our clinical work. Um, That's awesome. But I'm not aware. I've been like having to find trainings that aren't necessarily clinical about, right. you know, this this experience um, as a woman and then take that information and blend it with my clinical expertise, I guess you could say, and just kind of like mix match it. And it's like, why do none of these courses exist from a clinical perspective? Um, And there is, there's in the counseling community, um, we have, there's people who are talking about it, who want to know, you know, we, these two professions, like we need to get this together, um, work together with, you know, I don't know, you know, the experts on women's cycles, if it's even a doctor or an herbalist or functional medicine, whoever it's like, well, I think that's, yeah, there are people that are experts on it in the sense that like they've spent years of study over many different bodies, uh, learning about it. But I think it's not, yeah, it's interesting to me that it's not, not found in the traditional, medical what we regard that's been a big journey I've been on with starting this podcast because I'm pretty like I like when things are backed by research and science and evidence but that's one thing I'm finding is that the stuff that is backed by research and science and evidence there's often not a priority on things that we are like large groups of people are are experiencing these things and there's just not any research on it because nobody has like cared or you know thought it was important enough or whatever the case may be whatever barriers exist to there being research on this um, in the traditional sense, like in the clinical sense, rather than just learning from, you know, like you said, herbalists, acupuncturists, um, more Easternized medicine. 
um, will pay attention to this kind of stuff, but it's not backed by science, so it often doesn't get um, its day in the sun like it should, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's awesome that you're you're plugged into that and there's you're part of that movement. I'm so glad that that's happening. Um, are there any other tools you have, like in terms of women's wellness, like any other tools you use or things you pick up on? Um, um, so yeah, I, so there are a lot of, um, like I said, I'm not hating my profession. There's a lot of good in it. So I do, there is a lot of evidence-based practices that I utilize a lot, you know, think like cognitive behavioral therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy, motivational interviewing, things like that. Um, when I, this would work for, um, across the board, this isn't necessarily women specific. It's more, um, you specific, um, who I'm working with. I, um, approach almost every, I don't want to say everything. A lot of my approach starts, um, holistically by bringing in the mind, body and spirit connection. Um, Mm. There's multiple domains of wellness. I like to focus on these three, especially starting out because I don't want to overwhelm people so slow, but right. steady. And so mine's pretty simple or, I mean, it, that's thoughts and feelings. Um, so, you know, just getting, connecting with that, being aware of that, how it affects our behaviors, body, um, I focus on what are we doing externally, you know, working out. Also, what are we putting into our bodies? Um, You know, nutrition, supplements, um, anything of that nature. And spirit is where um, I get caught up with people. So my approach to spirit, um, a lot of people think religion, which is fair. Um, I try to, even maybe in that context, if, you know, someone identifies with a particular religion to support it, um, with a particular religion to support it, um, to work with my clients, to empower them, to view, work with my clients, to empower them, to view spirit as joy. So um, a lot of times it can feel like a responsibility, you know, like things that I'm due responsibility and end up not bringing responsibility mm-hmm. and but someone joy so someone joy so but to the basics it might feel silly did you enjoy doing as a child just you know to the basics it might feel silly you know maybe we start with what did you know maybe we start with what did women start there and then women start right. there and then I give a little push of like okay well then that would fall under one way. so what I, I want you to do something where it a little further um right so what I, I want you to do something where it a little further um whatsoever yeah whatsoever whatsoever if it's just laying out in the yard and looking really if it's just laying out in the yard and looking 
of not and oh and so sorry about take a breath really hard for people being able just to with the self-care rush that's happening Mm -hmm. there's a lot of focus on the doing yeah what's wrong with me um you know it's fall back into the and so it's maybe you just like I'm doing all the things just just need to be you know stop doing all the things as well. I love that. So that's I, that the... really puts it into real terms. Cause I, you know, I teach yoga and I often will say things like, you know, like when we're starting Shavasana, it's like spend the next few moments being a human being rather than a human doing. And I don't, I say that because one time somebody said it to me and it really landed. And so I don't know if it really lands uh, for people when I say it, cause sometimes I give more explanation than others um, around that. But I really like how you put that in terms of like just doing something for the pure sake of doing, like just because you're going to enjoy it, not because it's also going to solve some other need. Because I do think, yeah, that's exactly what came to mind when you were bringing that up is that like we're programmed in our society to everything has to serve a purpose for like, you know, bettering ourselves or, bringing in more money or whatever. And, but really though, spending time doing something you enjoy is bettering Mm -hmm. yourself because it's giving you like capacity to unwind and, you know, like be recharged to like start off more fresh when you go back to that. Yeah. And it's just telltale signs of it's really uncomfortable for people to answer the question and also do, especially for women. I love to ask, what do you do for fun? What brings you joy? Because very rarely is it not associated with someone else, which is great. I of course want you to love spending time with your families. Like that's so important. Um, But just knowing like individually, like, just on my own. This is what brings me joy. It's hard for people to answer. This is what brings me joy. It's hard for people to answer. And when they start doing it, it does feel uncomfortable. You know, finding the balance of uncomfortable is um, a really great communicator of what we need to like kind of go towards, but doing so in a way like steps. I don't just want to shove people for so long and it's still not we're trying it easing up you know approaching it a different way but I'm always like that's the best get it I get that (laughs) yeah well that's awesome um and then to kind of switch gears one other question related to things that you do what do you um so I guess you said you you do abortion support like in one-on-one services now, but you're hoping to start group uh, options. Yes. Do, do you want to say a little bit more about that? Either, yeah. either one-on-one or group or what that looks like? Yeah, definitely. So that is something that um, I do offer in one-on-one session. So we can offer support through that process. Um, I help people with resources and 
what to expect can kind of ease some anxiety um, with going through the process. Um, some people come to me and it has happened maybe even years mm-hmm. ago and they just need some support and processing, like what pieces are they hanging on to and how to like work through that. Um, with the group, a colleague and I, her name is Jen Worthen. We are planning to start that, um, push that um, in the new year. And it is, we are considering it a support group. So we are both therapists um, and licensed, and we can offer that support um, through the group. But really um, leaning on, you know, other people who have um, experienced going through, um, an abortion. Um, we really want to focus on just women coming together and sharing their Mm -hmm. wisdom. And a big part of that, um, for me and a big part of that, um, for me, my process. So, like I said, I had, a an amazing support system. Um, I couldn't have asked for better, but I found the most comfort um, and reaching out to people who had gone through the experience. Mm-hmm. That was, was most helpful for me. And I got so much wisdom and so much healing and love, so much wisdom and so much healing and love from, you know, connecting with those women. And so being able to bring that, um, I think that's the, can like bring in some clinical aspects if right. we need to, but really focusing on just the support and our like collective wisdom of, you know, being a woman and having that yeah. experience is so incredibly healing. And so we're going to start pushing that and that's going to be virtual. Oh, yeah, nice. um, so virtual uh, groups to make it more, you know, accessible and things nice. like that. Very cool. So um, do you mind sharing? I don't know if it's like too much to ask or like too, if it runs too big of a gamut, but what are some examples of some of the things that come up for folks going through that process? Um, for abortion? Yeah. Oh, um, really, I think it is, it's such a stigmatized thing. Yeah. And um there's a big misconception of, and, and this is true too. So I, sometimes I try not, I walk the line of being the reason doesn't necessarily matter. Um, in the, you know, like, um, when the stuff with Texas that's going on, I saw so many people posting about, you know, women who had been, um, raped and needing right. the abortion or women who the yeah. pregnancy put their life in danger and needing abortion. And, and yes, you know, definitely. But right. also if a woman is making that decision, it's no one else's business right. why they're making the decision. Um, yeah. There's not like, you need to check this off to be approved. Like, so while I get yeah. that people were supporting and the, um, well, not supporting against what was going on in Texas. I felt that it was a little misleading too, because the bigger picture is 
we should just be supporting women and their right to make the decision. So really, that's the big thing is, you know, women are making the decision. They feel confident in their decision. So some people might say, well, why is someone needing counseling if it's not bad? Which is a silly thing Mm. to say because, you know, um, just because you make a decision of something that's hard, like say it's divorce, it doesn't mean it was the wrong decision because it was a hard thing to do. Well, I just find, like going through premarital counseling or something. It's like, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong. Like counseling, I, I wish we could get this idea out of our collective heads that counseling means there's like something wrong with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. There still could be a process around, you know, it's, it's hard whether it's right or wrong. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and so that's the first barrier. But what I find is a lot of women are really confident with their decision. It's just this, everyone else's opinions. Um, Mm -hmm. which then they don't feel as if they can talk about and they're carrying it alone, suppressing it, suppressing it, suppressing it, starting to believe what others are saying about their decision, although they felt confident at first. So it's really coming back and working through that entire process of trusting your own decision. Um, A big thing that comes up is, Um, people thinking that they didn't want, you know, I didn't want this kid. And a lot of times that's not where that decision is coming from. It's coming from such a place of like deep love for, you know, the, if this comes to fruition or not. And so I think working with that and being able to come back to yourself and confidence in your decision and also having the support, um, yeah. And ability to talk about it. I mean, there's even, I get feedback from therapists who have been working with clients for such a long time. And then this comes up much later. It's like they even scared to bring it up in a therapeutic context, which is completely safe and trusting. And so that's how stigmatized it is. And going through something like that alone, I just don't see any benefit to. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's a lot. Yeah. And there's a lot to be said for community wellness type situations too. Like, um, yeah, just having community support is like you mentioned the dimensions of wellness. I mean, that's a huge one. And I think for a lot of things in life, having a community of folks who just get it is important for whatever the situation may be. Um, yeah. So that's beautiful. I think that's beautiful that you're doing that and starting that. I really want to highlight it to not even just in the counseling, you know, if you're thinking going through that and even in the field of Eastern medicine, alternative medicines, you can Google and search, like there will be um, practitioners, healers who focus on women specific issues. And even on websites, there's very like, you'll see, infertility, miscarriage, um, postpartum depression, you'll see those keywords. I have yet to find anywhere it specifically says abortion and even, you know, acupuncture, herbalism, things like that. That's such a great resource for someone who is also going through this experience. And so Mm -hmm. I've been attempting to even connect with that community 
to even add that language because women's issues aren't necessarily covering, you know, it still feels separate um, in a way. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, wow, a lot of good stuff um, you're bringing into the world. Um, So that group will be virtual. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you mentioned beforehand, cause I was going to say, if anybody wants to work with you, of course, we'll share where to find you, but I guess they have to be in the state of North Carolina to do your individual, uh, therapy sessions. Do they have to be in the state of North Carolina to join this group? So that's what, um, me and my colleague are trying to figure out. Um, yeah, we're thinking that since it's a support group, maybe not, we don't know exactly Um, but we will have all that ironed out. And also, even if anyone, you know, comes up whenever they come across this, um, just staying in touch, like even if the group isn't necessarily active, it's email me and, you know, I can keep everyone posted on when it starts and spaces. Cause I, there's also going to be, it's not just going to be free for all, um, we're keeping it intimate. So there's yeah, a certain number totally. of spots and that way we can build deep connection with other group mm-hmm. members. Um, yeah. And there will be, so like multiple session phases, session, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's not just going to be all here. It is everyone show up because we really want to it to be intimate and build that sense of trust with the yeah. people who are there. That's huge. That's awesome. Yeah, so it feels a little less, probably a little less intimidating than just like a drop-in group where you mm-hmm. never know who's going to be there. You don't know. Yeah, that that's cool. Mm-hmm. Glad to hear that. Well, is there anything else you want to touch on or share about or leave us with? Hmm. No, not that I can think of. Okay. I feel well, like I have for- spoke way too much. <laughs> No. Yeah. It's an interview. You're supposed to talk a lot. Um, so yeah, thanks so much for sharing about your story and you know how that led into this beautiful thing that you're creating into the world. Um, and do you want to share where folks can find you? Yeah. So, um, the best way to find me is on my website, which is www.aligned.com. It's spelled differently. It's A-L-I-G-Y-N, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm like looking at it. I'm thinking, yeah, it is. Right? <laughs> N-E-D.com. Um, so essentially the G-Y-N is to bring in that woman component. So that's... Yeah. The G-Y-N is to bring in that woman component. So that's for... Um, I'm on therapist pages, so people might not know that. But like psychology today, you can search my name um, and it'll pop up. And that's my profile as well. And both of those have um, the way to connect with me via email, phone number. My website has, I offer free consultations um, and you can just schedule that through the website. You don't nice. even necessarily have Very to contact cool. me. So, and I'll link that in the show notes too. So I know people don't want to like have to try to type it in. You can just go to the show notes and it'll be there that you can click 
Um, well, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing all of the beautiful things you shared. Thanks for having me. Yeah. That's it for our interview today. Thanks so much for joining me as always. Remember, as I mentioned in the beginning, check for the wisdom app link. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, also the link to join the membership will be there and links to find Kelsey's website where you can email her for any kind of thing you want to get in touch with her for, as well as get details on the support group. If you are interested in that, as always, remember to keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars and stay in the light. I'm grateful that you're here. Until next time.